0: Welcome to the Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series. The Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series is dedicated to providing internet marketing education to physicians for better business development and overall patient communication.
1: I'd like to welcome everybody today to the Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series. We have a super exciting topic today um, that we're very excited about here at Glacial. We have some very special guests in the room. Today's topic is the resurgence of PR in the digital age. All right, so before we get started, I wanted to go around and, and, and talk to the talent that we have in the room today. First, to my right, we have Jessica Donahue. Say hi, Jessica.
0: Hi, how's everybody?
1: And Jessica, give us a little bit on your background, how you ended up in the PR world.
0: Sure, I went about it in a kind of weird way. I started off as a director of marketing and promotions for the Greater Bangor Convention and Visitors Bureau up in Bangor, Maine. And um, met Charlene Williams and Nancy Marshall through the Maine Office of Tourism. Um, Took a little stint in some marketing analysis for a hospital and then went right to Nancy Marshall about three years ago
1: great background and uh, that leads us to the next person which is actually Nancy Marshall Mm -hmm. the author of the Marshall Plan we're very happy to have you today Nancy
2: well it's a pleasure to be here Mike I'm very excited about this opportunity
1: super and just tell us a little bit about your background and where you come from and and how this all how did you become the PR maven
2: (laughs) well I was introduced to PR by my dad actually who worked for Westinghouse Electric Corporation throughout his entire career And he saw what my interests were, which were primarily talking, and connecting with people, and socializing. And he was a very wise man, and he said, I think public relations would be a good career for you. So when I was about 17, he arranged for me to spend a week in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, with the corporate headquarters of Westinghouse. And I got to job shadow with all the top PR wow, execs. That's great. And so I was a senior in high school, and bam, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And um, I actually had an opportunity to r- do some writing at age 17 for the Westinghouse Corporate Magazine. And uh, that, when I saw like my byline and saw that I was published, that sort of sealed the deal. That, that was a deal that's sealer a career right there, for yeah. me.
1: Awesome. So we're going to be talking with Nancy very extensively today. Um, But next up, we have actually Sarah Gelber from Glacial, and I'd like to introduce Sarah. Say hi. Hi. How's it going? Sarah, give us a little bit uh, on your background. You do other things other than just hang out at Glacial, all day, right? (laughs) It's
3: true. (laughs) I'm a client manager here at Glacial, but I also have a pretty extensive background in social media and blogging. I'm also a local food blogger. I run the 207 Foodie blog, so I write a lot of reviews about restaurants in the area, which is pretty cool.
1: Thanks, Sarah, and, and thank you for all your wonderful restaurant tips. Over the years, and My pleasure. we got to enjoy some good ones last weekend. Great. Well, so the topic today: resurgence of PR in the digital age. <clears throat> you know, when I got started in in marketing, you know, PR was kind of like, oh, you know, get your TV spots and you know try to get an interview on TV, maybe you know get a, get some press in the newspaper or something. But the digital age is brought upon um, some real big changes, I think, in the way, and I think that's why we've seen a resurgence here. So my first question to kind of get things rolling here would, would kind of be open-ended, but if whoever wants to chime in, maybe Nancy, you take this one. How has social media impacted PR? I mean, this is a, a, a change in marketing. Like, it, what what's happened?
2: Well, for one thing, Mike, there's just been such an uh, increase in the number of people who are publishing, whether they're journalists who are publishing in newspapers or magazines or broadcasters on TV or radio. Uh, We now have bloggers, we have podcasters, we have people that are publishing posts on all the social networks, whether it's LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's incredible. So um, as PR people, the audiences we can reach audiences all over the place, and you can get very nichey. And uh, they also they say the riches are in the niches, right? So um, you know, through Twitter, and Jessica's going to talk a little more about what we do with Twitter, but we can identify very niche journalists, or even they might just be influencers who aren't working for a publication; mm. they're just publishing. People are very photos interested in Instagram. These influencers, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, there's just so many more audiences for us to reach through so many more um, journalists or self-made self-proclaimed journalists
1: Jessica what are your thoughts on uh, social media and its impact on PR
0: well I actually think PR is the original social media um, PR is yeah. really all about relationship building and making sure that you know you know your target and your outlets and making sure that you know their niches as well so yeah I, I think You know, PR is definitely that original social media. um, It just helps build those relationships.
1: And it's become such a huge, you know, distribution vehicle for the PR messages. Sarah, you want to talk about that a little bit?
3: Yeah, I mean, I would say PR and social media, they really are pretty similar to each other. They work together. One thing that I think social media has really brought to the table is this idea of authenticity. So we have all these, you know, things coming out these blogs these podcasts what have you but there's also that idea of the story that's like never ending so i think social media gives a lot of people really good place to put their voice
1: super super i i just did it you know a few weeks back i just did some a little bit of pr work for myself on linkedin and i really couldn't believe the impact that the linkedin had and you know, it, I, I had many people reaching out to me, and I just people coming coming from all different directions. It was just a wonderful thing. And I think we're gonna get more into this inbound marketing topic, this content marketing discussion today. But but it really made me be, realize, wow, this is a pretty powerful distribution channel.
2: LinkedIn is so powerful because you can reach directly out to the person you want to connect with. Um, either by going directly to them or asking somebody to introduce you to them and if you're trying to use email you know i i have a son actually emma is here from glacial and uh, my son is a friend of hers and he does sponsorship marketing and he's constantly trying to email these brand managers who don't respond but i'm often saying why don't you just use linkedin because you can not only figure out people people's title but you can also figure out where they went to school and what their background is so that when you connect with them you really can make an authentic human connection and that's really what it's all about
1: yeah I just I really agree with what you're saying on this authenticity thing I think it's it's really been a great thing for PR for social media and I think people really want that authentic You know, vibe instead of this interruption style. Let's make a TV commercial and call it said and done. Uh, You know, you get to understand the story, and you know, I think you know there's something there with with everything you're saying about that. Um, so quickly, what Nancy? How do you blend traditional media with PR? Are you still doing traditional? Like, you know, we work more on the digital side, so I'm curious. Tell me. How do, how do you blend that, or do you?
2: Well, I just kind of laugh because um, back in the early 80s, I was the PR person for Sugarloaf up in Carabasset Valley, Maine, the ski area. And uh, when we wanted to put out a press release, I typed it on a typewriter, and then we would photocopy or actually even before photocopiers we would mimeograph it. To, I don't know, some people might not even know what a mimeograph machine uh, is.
1: Honestly I don't.
2: You don't? <laughs> I've oh, never M- even G- seen <laughs> one, to be honest with you. That is so hysterical. It's what like the school secretary used to use when I was little, like to it was it's like a little printing press that you know we had yeah. in the office. But anyway, I'm really dating myself now. But you know, we would put out a press release and send it to like twelve hundred people in an envelope and um, I would actually take the, the copies down to the reservations office at Sugarloaf and sit with the reservationists. I'd buy, buy them a 12-pack of beer at night and we would sit and stuff envelopes and then run them through the postage meter and oh, just to put out one press release was a nightmare. So um, now, of course, it's so much easier to put out a press release you know, using your computer and we can access uh, amazing lists. There are list services so you can reach out to whatever kind of media you're trying to connect with. Um, so distribution of press releases has changed. And of course, you know, the way to connect with your targeted audience has changed as well. Um, you know, There's a lot more ways to figure out yeah, you know, one of our clients is the Orvis company, for example, and Jessica works on that account. And um, we're trying to promote now s- uh, sports shooting for women. So, like, women getting into shooting rifles or shotguns. And, you know, we can actually figure out what women journalists are writing about that topic. And, again, that's sort of a niche topic. Uh, but it's quite amazing the power of, of, of finding people through the internet. But I will also say that, relationships are still King mm. I mean yeah I, uh, one of the reasons that I think I've had some success over the, well for one thing I've been doing it for a long time and I've met a lot of journalists and I've maintained relationships with people I mean Bill Green is somebody who's at WCSH channel 6 in Portland Maine he's been there for a long time I remember working with with him on stories back in the 1980s and um, you know we've worked together on stories throughout the years and you know if he, if you want to contact him now to pitch him a story he doesn't want you to tweet at him or or he doesn't want you to send him a text he wants you to call him on the telephone and talk to him and you know actually i must say there's a lot of young journal young pr people who don't really like to talk on the phone anymore so and i i like it (laughs) so i like calling people up on the phone and talking to them so uh, but there's actually also all these new methods again that jessica's using um using twitter which is really powerful now
1: i'm really curious about that because you know i don't use twitter i mean i've had multiple twitter accounts but i'm not i'm not a big tweeter (laughs) so um jessica tell me about that how do you blend twitter into pr like, how does that go?
0: Sure. Um, for Twitter, it's kind of a different type of social beast. Um, Twitter is primarily just journalists and news outlets. The immediacy of news and like breaking press releases and all of that other type of information. Um, that's the best platform to put that out on. I think for Twitter, for pitching, we don't necessarily do that. Um, We more build a relationship and a familiarity with our names for the writers. So I'll find a writer that's in a niche that I'm interested in and I'll follow her and maybe I'll go ahead and tweet at her and just say, hi, thanks for following, like you're really cool, I like you, BFFs forever. Then, um, you know, fast forward a couple days and I'll like a tweet and I'll just kind of keep doing those subliminal type of messages, reply to a tweet, build that relationship with her. Then when my email comes in her inbox, she already knows my name, so she's familiar with me and she trusts that email is gonna have something to do with what she's writing about and about her outlet niches. So it kind of is really that relationship building where Nancy does a phone call. I may stalk you on Twitter (laughs) just to figure out, you know, are you right for me?
1: These are essential skill sets today in the communications industry. You know, you need to be able to communicate differently now and, like, Maybe you can come in and train my, my team on that. <laughs> no, that's all that's all great stuff. It's I have cute.
2: a funny story. A few years ago, we were doing PR for the Rangeley Moose Calling competition. And um, I don't know if you know anything about moose calling, but you make these funny noises to attract moose. Can't say moose. I know about
1: moose calling, ah, ah, but, but enlighten me.
2: <laughs> so um, they do have these moose calling competitions each year. And it was our job to get more people to go up to Rangeley to hear the moose calling. So we thought we'd give some media people a little taste of what moose calling is all about. And um, for one thing, we had a Maine guide who's up in Phillips, Maine, which is near Farmington, Skype into the Weather Channel Uh, studio and teach a young woman meteorologist who was like in high heels and a short skirt and nylons and everything. And so she was learning how to do moose calling from this main guide in Phillips, Maine. So that was just sort of an amazing thing. And of course, she got really good at the moose calling so the the guide said you better be careful cuz the moose are going to come <laughs> and stampede into the weather channel studio <laughs> but we also tweeted at Scott Simon who has a show on National Public Radio called Weekend Edition we're like and so it was a short tweet you know hey Scott want to learn how to do a moose call
1: hey, so you got his attention <laughs> yeah he responded that, immediately
2: huh? like yeah. we know that he's just sort of a quirky guy and as soon as he heard like could I learn how to do a moose call? He was like, why, of course. <laughs> so we had four minutes on uh, Weekend Edition, which is national on National Public Radio, all about this event. That's great. And uh, it was, again, it was just so quirky. that The media loved well, it. Well, if
1: you can get people to a moose call <laughs> with PR, you can probably do well with a lot of things. Yeah,
2: right, exactly.
1: <laughs> um, I want to ask you a question, Nancy, about you know, the convergence of of content marketing and PR. Content marketing for us is a new area, and we're starting to really try to blend that with, like, inbound marketing strategies. And and, and, and what's your take on how PR and content marketing go together?
2: Well, um, we create content for clients. uh, So now instead of thinking just in terms of sending out a press release, we might think in terms of, You know, if if a client has a story to tell, we might create an article about it that gets posted on the on the client's LinkedIn. And then we might actually uh, do something for their website that has some video components to it. And we might also pitch it out to the media. And then we might do some Instagram and some Twitter. So whatever story it is that we're trying to promote you can break it down and like chunk it up into all these different components and it can be some visual some audio um, and some written words so yeah I mean it's all about content and you you use content to attract visitors because your content of course is loaded up with all the keywords you're trying to use um, but also it, it all comes down to storytelling and um,
1: love storytelling
2: yeah i mean people I always like a good story, story. Yeah. I, I
1: remember stories i
2: right.
1: don't always remember articles but right sorry yeah. you have any feedback on that the convergence of content marketing and pr and the element of storytelling
3: i mean i completely agree with nancy i think that content marketing is an extremely important part of the inbound marketing strategy i think there's a lot of power to be found there But mainly, especially with social media, we really see that like video is king. So if you can have some kind of like blog and put it into a video, like having that combination between words, text, video, different outlets, you're probably gonna see a lot of um, success.
1: Thanks for sharing that, Sarah. Um, What are some of the best digital marketing methods for once you get your story down and once you get the content approach? just tell me like, like, what are the typical, what's your typical distribution of like, I have my campaign designed. This is what I'm trying to promote. What, what's the distribution look like and how is that rolled out e- either Nancy, Jessica, either one of you.
0: I think it's really multifaceted just to keep that consistency. So it is the Facebook campaign with ads and boosted posts. It is the Google AdWords piece it's the newspaper piece, it's just really the whole gamut. And I think we really kind of narrow that down based on goals of the client.
2: And of course, if you can, you know, Jessica mentioned newspaper piece. If if you can get an article in a big newspaper or a big TV show or magazine, that just ups the ante for everything. It gives, gives you so much more credibility. And I mean, obviously everybody's looking for that kind of credibility. So um, a big publication or a big media outlet that has big audiences, that translates into big numbers and traffic. And traffic to your website is going to translate into helping you achieve whatever your goals
1: are. And I think that drives into the whole inbound approach, you know and we've seen lots of discussion lately on inbound versus cold calling and just how dead cold calling is. And if you can't create an inbound strategy, and I think PR leads that PR is a real leader in, in getting that inbound lead to come in, to ask you that question, you know,
2: right. And, um, you know, we were just a minute ago here at glacial talking about marketing funnels. And if you want to fill your funnel with qualified leads, get a really good article in a big publication and, you know, people read that article. And then if they come to your site and they can then sign up to get some kind of more information, whether it's a video or a series of articles, and you just lead them with the breadcrumbs to whatever the final goal is, whether it's a sale or having them sign up to attend an that's event. A, that's or a good
1: point. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, another thing on my, on my agenda, <clears throat> that i really want to get your opinion on because um, we've used this particular tool over time is and the audience might like to know more about this piece what's your opinion on pr web and are there other solutions um and i'm happy to comment back on that um but you know i know that they offer a good method for getting this this, this press release out there what are, nancy what are your general thoughts on that
2: well, I think PR web is one method of distribution. I'm just not sure if it leads to uh, publication in 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 publications that have integrity. For example, you know, I'm not sure if the Wall Street Journal or the USA Today or New York Times is actually getting press releases off of PR web. I think PR It doesn't web,
1: seem like they are.
2: Yeah. I th- I feel like to get to the those qualified journalists that have real editorial integrity, it probably requires this pitching technique that we've been working on
1: the pitching technique
2: yeah <laughs> okay
1: like that's a new thing like,
2: <laughs> and i'm not not talking about like baseball or oh, I, I know i know I'm what ta- you're talking you about you know and jessica is like a master of pitching uh media pitching so she can talk about what it takes what's yeah. your earned
1: run average <laughs> uh,
2: like
0: all of them i have no idea sports exclamation point like i don't know just kidding no tell um, us about that jessica so it's kind of changed um traditional pr you'd put out a press release and be done with it Um, it's really changed to be more the follow-up so you can put your press release out it's kind of that primer especially with MailChimp and constant contact you can see you're open so you can follow up with the people that have clicked through Um, but really it's all about the follow-up and the pitching and identifying the right writers and making sure that the information from your press release and you can even forward your press release right to them and make sure that that gets in their hands so and it's it takes like 3 or 4 touches to a writer to actually get them to really respond to you and use your information. So so
1: what you're telling me is that you've been successful at coming up with a concept for a client and pitching that concept to a media outlet, and actually getting the media outlet to run that—I've mm-hmm. <laughs> never been able to do that. That's what we do. I mean,
2: that's what we do. I yeah. can't.
1: I can't seem to ever make that happen. And so for us, a society, you guys, can you know. do that, great. <laughs> we have relationships, <laughs>
2: relationships with journalists that have been built over years and years. Um, so, for example, for Orvis, we were mm-hmm. just talking about this tour they're going to have yeah. with an off-road vehicle, and you know, we know travel writers that are interested in you know cool vehicles and cool trips like that so we call them up and say hey would you like to do this this would be a great story so that's when we're dealing that's a pitch that we're making to somebody we really know already and they know like and trust us but sometimes we're calling people that we don't know and we have to establish instant credibility and we have to make it fast I mean you can't take a long time to make a pitch especially if you're on the phone or yeah. email yeah. email you get probably two sentences
0: to get their attention
1: wow i mean I, that's a that's a very interesting topic i think many of the listeners would would like to probably know more about you know the pitch and how to do it, but I guess that's why you would hire a company like Marshall Communications, right?
2: Or it's uh, all in my book, oh, which is available oh. <laughs> on Amazon.com. <laughs> all right, great. Called PR Works: How to Create, Implement, and Leverage a Public Relations Program for Your Small Business.
1: Oh, that's great. And
2: also, I, I recorded it for Audible.com too, so people could listen. So to you it. can
1: actually get that on Audible. Yeah, that's great, and in
2: it's opinion. in my own voice.
1: So, so the book is entitled PR Works. <laughs> author Nancy Marshall the PR maven how to create implement and leverage a public relations program for your small business love love the title
2: thanks and we actually explain you know how to make a pitch uh, step-by-step and we have templates in the back of that book with examples of media pitches and media advisories and, and exactly how it should be done
1: well Nancy I want to thank you, and I want to thank everybody here today, Sarah and Jessica. Um, I, this is a popular topic, definitely for our, our the people that listen to our podcast and our clients. So I'm sure we'll probably have you back on another podcast really soon. And, and once again, thanks for everybody for coming today, and I hope to see you soon.
3: Thanks, Mike. <laughs> okay. It was great. Thank, thank you. you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series. For more information in regards to future podcasts or services discussed, Please visit www.glacial.com or call us at 207-878-5900.